Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you about feedback. Not the kind you get from a, a mic system gone bad, but the kind that you get and the kind that you give to improve performance. And this is something that's really essential to what we do. Getting some feedback gives us an idea on, okay, what, 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 what did we do last time? Did it work? Was it effective? Or do we need to do something different? We need feedback. Feedback is part of that loop that allows us to make decisions. And it's not always easy to get. Well, it's interesting whether you're listening to this as a practitioner or as a patient. That necessary input allows for the fine-tuning to get you the best output possible. I, today, it, what made me think about this was I asked a client, which I do every single day, all day long, to tell me how was our approach in the last visit? Did we get the desired results? How long did they last? And could they see them doing the homework that was prescribed? And lo and behold, one out of a billion responded and responded in a way that allowed me to agree with the therapy that we all did and to actually fine-tune it in a way that will give us the ability to give, make it even better next time. And as a client, I went to a physician and did not receive a report, did not receive the results, had to call and had an unsuccessful ability to receive feedback, which has now made me choose to stop that relationship. Because without feedback, there can be no progress. Yeah, because this is something that we always look forward to every time we walk into another barn or have another dog come. What, how, how did they do after the last adjustment? What did you notice different? What, how has their behavior been? There's so many pieces to the feedback that are really important for us to make future decisions. And just having a client go, oh, it was better, is not enough. We need to know exactly what was better, how it was better, when did it show better? Because sometimes every animal is different just like every person. Uh, I worked on a horse the other day and, and just from listening to the history, I realized that probably what I did was going to take 48 hours to show up rather than 24 hours to show up. People like those miracles when, oh, as soon as I got on, it was immediately better. Some horses and some dogs take 48 hours before they show those good results. And these are things that we need to know. And this is the, this is the stuff we get from feedback. Because formulas are only useful as guidelines, no one, not one horse, not one dog, not certainly not a cat, are formulaic. So in order to get you the best results you can possibly have as a practitioner or as a client, the communication loop has to stay open. And ask yourself, are you giving the feedback that allows for this relationship to improve? Are you communicating well about what you found during your evaluation and treatment? Are you communicating well with what you noticed having received or having your animal receive the therapeutic relationship? 
on either side of this coin, there needs to be improvement in order to get improvement. Yeah, and so this becomes a part of your management, your case management, uh, whether you're the practitioner or whether you're the animal owner. You, you know, there's still case management that you have to take care of. And keeping track of how that animal is doing is really important to us. Is it drinking more water? Is it drinking less water? Is it walking better? You know, there's so many avenues of change that we need to know to make our future decisions. And being a part of that communication and that feedback loop allows you to know what are the most important areas to monitor and how specifically are you monitoring it. I got another piece of feedback today, so grateful to you people, about a horse that required surgery, that required stall rest, that required, that had to come back from a very significant injury. And the feedback was by applying the laser protocols that we suggested, there was a miraculous healing curve that they felt that this piece added to the rapid response that they were getting as an integral part of the plan. If I didn't know that, then perhaps I wouldn't recommend it the next time someone brought me a situation that required an amazing amount of finesse in order to get the best results possible. So understand that your feedback for your horse or dog or quadruped really helps monitor the best results for you and to use that information to help other cases. As a practitioner, making sure that you ask and ask and continue to ask, what were the results that you noticed? And then literally guide your client into how specifically to look for improvement. Because, you know, that general, well, they seemed better, isn't really measurable. Yeah. And good or bad doesn't matter. It's all just information. So you don't have to call and say, oh, it was, you know, it was some better today or it was no better today or it was worse today. That's all information for us. That's not telling us we did a bad job or a good job. It's just information so we can plan future treatment. If something we did doesn't work, then we got to try something else. And if we try something else and that doesn't work, then we need to make recommendations based on the information you give us so we can continue to aid in the health of that animal, whether we have to refer you to someone else or whether we have to give you a different set of exercises or advise you nutrition or acupuncture or massage therapy or another vet or a different farrier or whatever, we don't know that unless we get the feedback. And sometimes the feedback has to come from your other practitioners as well. And one of the things that a colleague of ours said to us probably 20 years ago, was that sometimes the most effective treatment highlights a cause and actually makes the animal more obviously uncomfortable because you take away all the compensations and it highlights that. And if you know that, whether it's for your own animal or for your client's animal, then you can celebrate the clarity 
and address it in the best way possible or do diagnostics in the best way possible. As Dave just said, data, I, I know so many people want to make us feel good and want to only tell us, oh, it was lovely, but they couldn't stand up. Well, no, that's not lovely. What, what is it? And I can't tell you how many times I'll look at the dog limping and go, you know, the nails are curled under and they couldn't possibly stand on that foot. And if you're not comfortable clipping the nails, then get to a vet who can sedate them and get it done without any bloodshed, uh, typically yours. So understand that without feedback, you cannot actually get the best results that you deserve. Yeah. And sometimes that feedback needs to go to another practitioner too. Oh, or the, or the farrier. We walk in and go, oh, these feet are really long. Where are we going with this? Uh, well, you know, they just got seen a week ago or two weeks ago. Or uh, yesterday. Or yesterday. <laughs> All right? It doesn't hurt. We can pick up the phone and call, talk to the farrier and go, you know, this isn't, you know, we don't see this. The, the animal's not moving correctly. The feet are looking a little bit long. What's your plan with this? They need feedback too. Everyone needs feedback to be better at what they're doing. And sometimes it's, well, this is the issue I was trying to resolve and we need to take it very slowly. And you go, okay, great, we're all on the same team and we're progressing the best way possible. So again, you know, we have to, we have to put on our big girl pants and go, this is critiquing to create improvements, not criticizing in order to make someone feel bad. And so as you assess the feedback, you are both giving and receiving Take away the filters that, that judge it, good or bad, and say, how can I hear this and how can I provide this in a way that is all about the data? You know, put on your R2-D2 voice if you need to. Uh, it's just what, what you gain from looking at this data. And I, same thing with, with our feed. I mean, when I get a load of hay and three of, three of them are bad, I don't go, oh my God, this is bad hay, or, or let's you know, shoot the messenger. It's let me report this so that they're looked at before they get here and before they get to the next customer to provide the best possible experience for all of us. So, so open your input-output channels to a way that serves you better. Yeah. And, and remember, your practitioner only sees that animal for a very short window of time compared to you being with it every day. So who's better to give the feedback? Who's better to notice change than you? Absolutely. And in the equine community, we are often asking the grooms. We are often asking the people who are, ma who are managing and handling the horse, what did you notice? Get the feedback from many people involved at different levels of interaction with that animal. For the dogs, okay, oh, I, I am often gaining more information watching how they get in and out of a vehicle when they arrive at the office and then bring the attention to the person who's transporting them and say, watch this, pay attention to this. What do you notice? Do you see hesitancy? Do you... Do you see a different attitude? Do you notice them lying down versus sitting versus standing during their travel? And then, you know, if you need to make a chart and just at the beginning or end of every interaction, 
make a checklist and say, did I ask about this? Did I communicate about this? I need a checklist for everything. <laughs> did I, you know, sequence my life in the way? Have I fed, made the coffee, fed the dogs, fed the horses, fed the cats, all of these in sequence? Because if I don't have my checklist, sometimes something gets missed and then it yeah. is... It helps, it helps you establish a pattern. Right. Because that's what it's really about, is establishing a pattern. And we'd like patterns of feedback. Because we ask a lot of clients to give feedback. And what do we get? 10% maybe? Uh, no, no, three. Yeah. I would go with 3%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's good intentions. If it's not programmed into the neurology of either your doctor, your vet, your you know, chiropractor, your massage therapist, if it's not programmed in to both give and receive feedback, it just gets lost in the noise of everything we do all day long. So establishing a pattern and making it a part of your normal, again, it's not complaining. And if you frame it that way, you will be both hesitant to give and to receive. It's necessary feedback in order to get the best results possible. I, I implore you to think about that that way and deliver it that way. Yeah, because it, it's really come, just comes down to verbiage and desire. What do you want? What do you expect? If you're expecting good results, feedback is a huge piece of that equation. Oh, absolutely. We get what we look for often because that's where our eyes focus, which is why if you have five feet people focus on the same animal, they're going to see five different things based on their priorities. If you prioritize having ideal relationship with the creature that you're working on and their human, well then, it's best to develop a relationship of feedback and note, because that's what we're doing, right? When you palpate an animal, you're asking for feedback. And when they lick and they chew and they sigh and they fart and they do all those animal things, we go, yay, we are getting feedback that acknowledges that what we did was successful in helping them feel better. And when they bite and kick and act out, we go, okay, let's do this differently because their feedback was uh, very clear. I want you humans to be equally clear and concise, because we like concise. We don't need to hear everything that happened in the day. Just hit the high points. <laughs> Only the cliff notes, please. <laughs> exactly. So think about this. Think about, is your feedback more like noise, or is your feedback constructive? Does it make a difference? And what feedback do you need to make the best difference? Write it down. Send us your output uh, because we love to learn and perhaps you can teach us a thing or two. Always. Welcome and... <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. And we haven't left yet. As you can see, we've already moved on. So this is Dr. Next. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.